We are back and recording, and this is going to be another multicast for several different podcasts. And I have a, a, a wonderful previous host and a wonderful special guest here, um, Troy. Troy is our, uh, our is and was and is, or what is it, is, is our resident um, um, Star Wars expert, ah. Troy Sohoro. Hello. It is good to have you back, or at least to have you here to to record some Star Wars stuff with me. I am, I am, I was just going on this week about man, I cannot believe all the crap that's going on with Star Wars. Hey. Holy moly! Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like the Wild West out there. All the rumors coming around. I'll tell you how bad it's gotten. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but apparently the rumor is, and we have no confirmation. J.J. Abrams is so fed up with with all the leaks and the nature of the leaks, that he's petitioned Disney to release the movie this summer. And, All right, now, and if the rumor Disney. is serious, Disney's considering it. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? We get Star Wars early. I mean, like, talk about, like, early Christmas. Well, it feels to me like it, like that's right, because it's always been a May release for Star Wars. Well, yeah, and, and well, and, and I mentioned it to my wife, and she said the same thing. She said, didn't even, didn't even phase her. She was like, well, it's supposed to be released in the middle of summer anyway. Yeah, it's you know right before Memorial Day weekend. That's that's tradition. But brave, well, her, brave. Her explanation was is that um, I always watched it in the drive-through when I was a kid, so I know it had to be summer. So they should have released it in the winter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so um, like I say, it's completely unfa- unfounded rumor at this point until it's official. So. How much? How much believability do you think it really has? I mean, what are the chances? What are the odds? Honestly, given the nature of the rumors and just how much of it I've seen, I would be hard pressed to think that they're not considering it. From what I understand, they're in final editing now, anyway. So the leaks. Let's talk about the leaks. What's what's been going on with them? I mean, I, I, I've been paying attention, but I try not to. This is one of those movies that if you pay attention to every single leak and every single thing that comes out, and the movie finally comes out, you're either disappointed because it doesn't have what you think is going to be in there, or it has all this stuff that you've seen, and you don't have anything left to watch. So I've just been kind of hoping for the best and hoping they would get here before <laughs> actually seeing too much. Yeah, my, and, see, with me, the way I, I've started pulling it out is it's not a question of what they do. It's a question of execution. As long as it comes across well, that's all I ask. Yeah, the, the JJ Abrams has got me a little bit worried, but I'm, I'm was, I love his TV series. I love his TV series stuff, but man, his movie stuff scares the crap out of me. <laughs> well, the good news is the uh, writers that he normally uses from Bad Robot are not with us this time around, and you know, I I can't claim anything on blame for them for the way that the movie shot, but I can blame the way the script turns out. So, thankfully they're not involved, so it's got a better chance of actually feeling like Star Wars. And based on the visuals I've seen, it looks like Star Wars. So, here's hoping. I'm cautious... It reminds me of uh, when they released episode one, you know, that feeling that you had, of, oh, I hope it's good, I hope it's good, I hope it's good kind of stuff. And I tell you, it's just 
say, say what you will about being a fan. Say, say what you will about how, how you feel about the movie. That was a great time to be a fan. It was. It, it really was. I, mean, I can remember a time uh, me and a, a buddy that has recently played, said he was going to come, come, come out of town come visit me during a Star Wars release and go see it together. We did exactly the same thing. And then release morning, the morning after release, we got the first one early in the morning. No one was there. There you go. And uh, that was kind of, uh, that one kind of paid off really well. We did the first one Friday morning. And um, at the time, I was the boss, so we could go in a little bit late and worry about it. And um, kind of went from there. It was it was very enjoyable. It kind of feels the same coming into this one. It's like you don't know what to anticipate. You don't know what to expect. You just hope that it's good. And if they don't ruin it. I just can't imagine that they would allow some crap to come out. You know? No matter how much they spend on it. I just... In the end, it's ultimately eye of the beholder. They they've got this giant story group now involved in everything. So, I I think it's one of those cases where ultimately it's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. If you'll forgive the phrase, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's going to come down to to J.J. Abrams ultimately just how much control he's able to wrest out of this and what he does with it. Like I say, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of am of the of the group that says, you know, they someone once said to me a long time ago during the podcast, and it will probably sound very familiar to you when I say it, that you know they can't take what I've got on my bookshelf away from me. It's there, it's mine, and they can't do anything about it. So really, no matter what they do here, they can't ruin what's already there. Well, it's funny you should put it quite like that because that's how a good deal of the fandoms have been seeing things. When they wiped out the expanded universe, and then they said, "Okay, from this point forward, it's all canon." So that that debate's been raging in the in all the fandom right now, and I think for the most part, there's more acceptance now because they just can't do anything about it. But boy, when that announcement hit, wow! And I was laughing because I knew that was coming. Well, and I think everyone always had the Star Wars fandom. I don't know if it's, if it's more. If they're just more hardcore, or they're just more vocal, or they're just, maybe they're not any different than any other thing, or maybe it's just because we're so close to it that feel it so much more. But um, it seems like they're much more brutal about these type of things. It's much more of a, of a my way or the highway type attitude almost. Well, with, with Star Wars fans, mostly it, it's a case of personal possessiveness. You know, we, we were always there. You know, and it's also a generational thing. So you've got that whole generational backbiting. You know, your Star Wars doesn't necessarily match somebody else's Star Wars. And, you know, there's an entire group of people out there that grew up right in the middle of the, of the so-called dark times when there was no Star Wars. So for them, that's what brought them in. That's what... That's what got him and got him attracted to it. So, you know, on that level, I can understand why they would be defensive about it. If they go, "Oh my God, what do you mean it's not the actual story?" But at the same time, these fans also have other fandoms in common with with everybody else. And in every other situation out there, it's always said, you know, there are lines of delineation. 
this is this is official, this is not. And the expanded material has never been official. The fact that they're doing it now and making it all official is kind of a bold step. And ultimately, I believe they're going to have to reboot it at some point, too. Because it's just going to get way too complicated for that many people to keep up with. Yeah. It's inevitable. But we'll see what they churn out in the meantime. Well, it's, it's the meantime that we're all interested in. Um, so what are the what are the, the top rumors going on that would be uh, for the person who's behind the times that's been trying to avoid all this? What would you oh, so bring the, me up today? Pick the best one. Oh, well, dude, if if you want to go there, I mean, it's a, honestly, I need a disclosure from you first. How much do you really think you want to know? Because the big I am your father moment has been actually spoiled. Really? Yeah. And, well, assuming that it's right. There again, there are so many questions. Okay, let's go there. And this is probably one of the leaks that, that JJ was referring to when he says, I want to uh, release early. Well, what what yeah. happened was there was a, a guy on 4chan. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's essentially the, this guy claiming to be part of the Lucasfilm group. Basically, he jumped up on there and just spoiled all kinds of things, including this one moment. And he didn't give us all the answers, but there's enough through material that connections were made based on certain things that he said. And then other things were very definite. And I know I'm being vague, but I'm trying to kind of piece it together in my head because it was a lot of it. But, uh, I mean... Is that really where you want to start? The big I am your father moment? No, that's not where I want to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure I want to know. Um, I mean, I do, but I don't. And I, I, I do, understand. And, I mean, I, I I, I'll tell you how, what it felt like to me. Ba- you were talking about Phantom Menace. Back in the you day... Know, there's, about 60, there's about six people listening right now that are saying, oh, come on, just well, say it. Well, look, well, <laughs> well, those 60 people probably know. But I'll give you a perfect example of this. Back in 99, when we were waiting on Phantom Menace, three weeks before the movie was released, the soundtrack was released. And one of the tracks on the back of the soundtrack was called The Death of Qui-Gon Jinn. Wow. So, there again, I ask, how much do you really think you want to go for it? Because I'm not going to be that guy. Okay, so how much... How much, and, and I don't know if the answer's been out there, I know there was a lot of talk about this at one point, and it went back and forth, and, and I just kind of brushed it off and didn't pay any attention to any of it. Uh, how much are the old, the original characters going to be involved? I mean, is this going to be a cameo at the beginning? And, and My understanding is that when George presented his original draft, the idea was that they would be there minimally, and then pass off Excalibur to the next generation. That's a large part of what got changed. From what I understand, this movie centers heavily around the big three. Luke, not so much, until about the last third or so. But Han has a has a huge part. He's up front and center on this one. And then the transition will happen over the course of the next two movies. Now, was it... Did, did I see a rumor that said something about Han and his own 
spinoff of some kind or own movie or something along that line. Yeah, there's um, the standalone movies. They're they're they're, they're kind of their own thing. They're they're going to be canon as well, obviously, but. The idea is that they'll be able to take the classic characters and put them in different time periods other than the current time frame. So we could go back and tell a Han Solo movie before the original Star Wars. That's cool. That's always, that's always been one of the one of the popular things. The real question is, how do you recast Harrison Ford? Yeah, I mean, how? I mean, I mean, obviously you could do it, but to me, there's a certain gravitas there because, like, Harrison Ford, from my generation, is the equivalent of Humphrey Bogart in the '40s. And just to prove yeah. the point, they redid one of Humphrey Bogart's movies, and Harrison Ford played the part. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of caliber that you're having to recast. You know, it's it's one thing to to put. To say, like, well, Indiana Jones has had a number of people planning. Yes, but they weren't playing Indy in the Harrison Ford range. Yeah, they weren't. They were playing they decades too. before. So, like, now they're talking Chris Pratt may be the, the guy. That's, that's exactly what I was about to ask. Is that is that something that's actually done? Or no, it, it's, uh... it's highly speculative rumor at this point. But, hey, anything's possible. If they're actually talking to him, then obviously they're serious about something. But at the same time, does that make Pratt the go-to guy for all things Harrison Ford recasting? Or do they need to, to, to distinguish between Han Solo and Indiana Jones? You know, it may not be age-appropriate. You know, if we, yeah. if we tell, tell a story about Han going all the way back years before the original Star Wars, who knows how young they'll have to cast him. just depends on the time period. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I gotta figure out how far into this uh, rabbit hole I want to go because uh, I, I, uh, I'm not sure I want to know the big spoiler. But you know what? I'm not going to build and avoid it anyway. But I'm not sure it's the right place to start. So we might just save that for later. Anyway. Fair enough. Uh, well, what else is going on? It's interesting. I mean, it, I, I've seen some pictures early on about. Um, about the Millennium Falcon, and I seen that. What was it? That was it. A was it this first screener? First, preview, that, first that teaser trailer. That teaser trailer. Yeah, I mean, it obviously had it in there. Right. Well, the Falcon's one of the old crew. I mean, it's a character as much as Han or Leia. Yeah, it's it wouldn't be Star Wars of the classic generation without the Falcon, and presumably the Falcon's going to be passed on at some point. They're, they're saying uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Poe Dameron, is going to be the one that actually inherits the Falcon. When that happens, anybody's guess. Hmm. So I'm assuming since they're going to focus around the big three, or we think they're going to focus around the big three, does that mean they rewrote it? Yeah, almost completely. And Michael Art was in charge of writing the original draft, uh, or... The, the original draft based on George's story notes. And they got rid of him when they decided to go in a different direction. And my understanding at this point now, it's um, 
Lawrence Kasdan, Simon Kinberg, and J.J. Abrams are the ones that pretty much retooled the entire script from ground up. Wow. I mean, is that a good thing? It's, it's a thing. I See, here's the thing. I trust Simon Kinberg. I trust Lawrence Kasdan. I don't trust Abrams. I don't know how the three of them together would work. See, a lot of people like to point out, with like Kasdan, his credentials would include Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Empire Strikes Back. What most people don't realize is he was brought in on Empire during the fourth or fifth draft to punch up the dialogue. The rest of it was largely George, because uh, Lee Brackett had it first, and what she had was virtually unusable, according to George, and then she passed away. So George just basically took it from the ground up and then handed it off to Kasdan and said, here, punch up the dialogue. Kasdan is also largely responsible for Return of the Jedi. You can see the big difference between the two. And then Raider speaks for itself. There again, possibly one of the greatest movies of all time, right up there with Empire. But it's also a completely different animal. So a lot of that is... How much was of that was Kasdan at the time, and how much of that has changed since? You know? Yeah. Does that even make sense? No, it makes sense. I mean, I just, I, I get this, I, I get this, my problem always is when they, when they go back and the remakes and the, the extensions of movies and the reboot, they always go back and they try to change things. And it just, it always annoys me. It's, you know, if, if you, you know, you got 50 years of history and everything was working. Why would you go back and change things? So I'm a little bit puzzled of why they would take a story that has six movies of, of history and then go, well, you know what? We really should change the seventh one to make it different. Well, well if you think that, about it, though, in a lot of ways, that's what happened with the prequels. See, people have this idea that the original trilogy is this precious thing. I mean, heaven knows I feel that way about it, but the fact of the matter is, though, if you look at each of the three, the story changes from movie to movie. And the prequels told a different era that led up to that. So the to, totally, visually, everything about the Star Wars language was completely different in The Phantom Menace and had to make that transition through to Revenge of the Sith. Add to that, you can't get the exact same look because the cameras are different, the, the filming procedures are different, the, the, uh, the special effects are different. You know, it's, it's all going to be different. So what, what Abrams and them are trying to do is basically trying to recapture the look and feel of the original trilogy. And I don't know if they can capture lightning in a bottle without strangling it. Well, and, and I'm not so much worried about, you know, you use the updated technology, you use the this, you use the that. That, that. that I'm not too worried about. I'm more worried about this is the way the story was drawn out. Lucas obviously knew what he was doing when he wrote, when he, when he created the story. And if he created a backstory and he created a, a, a story after the fact and, and all that, I would just be a little bit reluctant deviate from the story that he has in place for fear of doing, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna almost make a joke here, but it's not really a joke, doing what 
what J.J. Abrams does to movies, and that's forget all the miss all the little details. And you know he's he's great at missing all the little details. I mean, all the little bitty things. He's wonderful on TV. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he did Fringe and, and a bunch of other little TV series, and I love them. But movies, he's always just seems like he sleeps through half of the little details. And just I'm I'm, I'm really bothered by the idea that he thinks that he can go back and have a rewrite of something that was. Well, here here's what you have to understand though. When George did the original Star Wars, yes, that was the big, uh, big budget, huge Hollywood blockbuster. That's where the term blockbuster comes from. But all of the Star Wars movies after that are independent productions, regardless of the fact that they have a Hollywood budget. They are indie films. That's what George does. It's art house films. Now we're dealing with the fact that it's Star Wars by committee with the Hollywood mindset it's not going to be the same animal and that's probably the hardest thing to wrap your head around I mean I've, I've been yeah. wrestling with it since it was first announced that Disney made the sale well I, I go back to you know well they can't take my original Star Wars away no matter how bad it is no matter how rotten it is no matter how much it sucks no matter what they destroy no matter how much the history they think they blow up I can still go back and watch the same original movies and they can't change them so that's true but they so are doing their I, best to try to integrate things like I don't know if you're keeping up with Rebels I am not keeping up with Rebels see the the guy in charge of that is uh, Dave Filoni who was George's Padawan on Clone Wars. He's the guy that George basically said, I'm going to teach you how to make Star Wars. And he's involved in this story group as well. Everything that they're doing on Rebels is designed to integrate with not only the original trilogy and the prequels, but also with Episode Seven going forward. So there is some some cross-talking at this. And Simon Kinberg, like I say, he's... He's involved in the story group. He's involved at almost the primal level. Like he he's almost our pseudo George. You know, it's not taking the director's chair, but he's acting as executive producer. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. So Well that was my original impression, is that you know, hey, relax, they put a pretty good team together and and I kinda left it at that and just kind of quit paying attention and just hope for the best. Right. But in the end, it's still a team that all thinks they know what Star Wars is versus the source material from the source itself. Yeah. So, I don't know. Most people seem to think it's a good thing. I, well, I'm not in, in that camp. I just think it's a thing. I'll, I'm well, I think George. <laughs> no, I, I will always miss George, too. But if the alternative is no more Star Wars and this Star Wars, I'll pick this Star Wars every day. Yeah, I, you know, back in the day, I when people were ragging on the prequels when they were fresh, I used to tell people a, a bad day of Star Wars is better than a good day of anything else. This is the era where I get to put my my money where my mouth was. Because if it is bad, <laughs> but I, I don't want to believe. I, I, I want to believe that it's, that it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm convinced it's, it's going to be. It. Well, if nothing else, the know. ideas are there. It'll make me think. 
I didn't have a problem with the, with the prequels anyway, so I, I liked all three of the movies. And, you know, were they were they original trilogy? No, probably not. But you know what? They weren't supposed to be. They were a different story. They were a different time. They were a different thing, and, and they did it. Now it just so happens I like that Darth Vader story a little bit better than I like the than I like that kid Luke story. But that doesn't mean that one's bad. Yeah, yeah I like I say, it all comes down to uh, the beholder. See, for me, I spent the entire original trilogy wanting to learn more about the Clone Wars. So the prequel era gave me that that very thing that I've been wishing for. So I was invested right from the beginning. Yep. So with this, I'm, it's not so much that I'm invested because I was never that attached to the original expanded universe. You know, in my mind, Return of the Jedi really was the end of the story. Was there stories afterwards? Absolutely. But not the big one. So now from ever. From here on, everything to me is going to feel like just another novel or just another comic book, regardless of the medium. And that's yeah. kind of how I'm looking at it. If one blows me away, great. I've certainly had novels in the meantime that have blown me away. Some of the ones I've read recently have blown me away. Yeah. <laughs> well, what other, I mean, other than, other than the big three and... The Millennium Falcon. What other big icons have you heard that they're bringing back or they're going to show up in this experience? Well, you're familiar with uh, with Peter Cushing being in the original trilogy as Tarkin, or not in the trilogy, but in the original oh. movie, and and Alec Guinness. You know, those two kind of they kind of supplied the the gravitas of big Hollywood, made it respectable back in the day. And then they had Christopher Lee in in the uh, prequel trilogy. Well. This movie, they're going to have Max von Sydow kind of taking up that mantle, saying this is the respectable Hollywood. And I tell you, the stories about him right now, he is one of the characters we know the least about. We don't even know what his character name is. But there is some truly juicy stuff out there about the possibilities. I, I don't even know where to begin with this. But he. So this is. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. So, so for when when exactly is this new is this new trilogy placed? Another X years in the future? Is it replaced right after? It's Thirty years after Jedi. Thirty years after Jedi. Right. So essentially, all the actors aged in real time. I was about to say, so it's about exactly the same amount of time that's passed since the, the actors quit filming the last one. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> or close enough to that no one will ever notice. Um, okay. Now here's where it gets good. If the rumor is true, Max von Sydow's character is actually on screen somewhere in the prequels. Oh, really? This guy is supposedly somebody that saw the Clone Wars happen. Now, is this that new uh, lifesaver picture that was posted on? No, no, that's our okay. that's our new villain, Kylo Ren, which we uh, that's supposedly Adam Driver's character. And there's not a whole lot that we really know about him. Like I say, JJ's mystery box has made everything murky, so we're we're just relying on all these rumors. But the rumors seem to be fairly consistent that 
this guy is all about tracking down old Sith artifacts and learning that history. And like that, the lightsaber that that he's seeing, they, according to the to the leaker on Reddit and on 4chan, he that lightsaber is basically a throwaway piece of garbage. That he's he's going to get a better one at some point. But it's just one of the many relics that that he's finding. Like we we've heard rumors that um, Luke's original lightsaber that he lost in Empire is involved somewhere. We've seen. Um, we, we've seen um, concept art that that shows this guy with um, Darth Revan's helmet and Darth Vader's melted helmet. You know, it's we we've seen all kinds of things. So th- this guy has, I guess you could say, an obsession. Like he's the the anti Indiana Jones looking for Sith. Hey, you gotta wonder what kind of. Pardon my my wording on this, but what kind of douchebag would actually go on on scene and release the big secrets of this movie? I mean, or it, or did he? See that that's the beauty of it. We don't know anything. But yeah. like, like I say, though, if if Abrams's mystery box has been punctured that badly, I mean, come on, it's the edge of the internet. I mean, they, they've been having to deal with the fact that people have been flying drones over the over the sites trying to get photos. <laughs> they've had some things yeah. leaked. Is is that what the difference is? Is is it just modern technology? Yeah, or we're, is, we're in the is, age is of the internet. It's, it's not that people are more sleazy. It's just they have the ability to act on their wishes. Whereas before, they would have had to actually take the photos and sneak them out in a yeah. And an envelope and a camera, and the camera would have been big and bulky and blah blah blah. Now they just like reach their phone over and go snip snip snip, and it's done. Exactly. If this were medieval Japan, they would be employing ninjas to do the job. Today, they just push a button and it goes. I don't know. I just I would find it hard to believe that anyone that is able to work on this, looks at it, it's just, ah, oh, it's just a you know, just, you get, it just, but then again, I guess that's good. Well, the point is, though, it's not just another movie. Right, that's my point. What kind of, what kind of person would just think of it that way and just dismiss it so easily and just throw it away? The kind of but, person that justifies it as people want to know and Abrams is keeping us from knowing? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's it, you have the choice not to be spoiled. I grant you that's a little harder than it seems to be, since people will actually put headlines out like, is so-and-so character in this scene? Like, really? You've just told me. Yeah, but I did. I, mean, I haven't really even made too much of an effort. I mean, I've seen some of the pictures and stuff like that, but, you know, if you just don't pay attention, and I know it's not easy to do, but... If you just then and maybe it's just a matter of I have you know enough going on the rest of my life I don't need more to uh, I can be stay busy enough where I don't have to see it. But if you try, you really unless you're just out seeking for it. I mean, if you see the Star Wars stuff, you just kind of skim past it and keep on going. Right, and you'll be all right. Well, that, but, that's ultimately the thing, though. If you're if you're a died died in the wolf fan, you're going to seek this stuff out. 
because you're looking for the for the official stuff. Like if you if you go back to like say Empire or Jedi and look at look at those teaser trailers and then look at the the regular trailers that followed, you saw a lot more. I mean, even going back to the Phantom Menace, you look at the teaser trailer for that one. There is two or three times as much information just in that teaser trailer than what we've gotten from Abrams' camp right now. Abrams lives in this in this fantasy world of his own where he believes that everything is to be unboxed at the movie theater, not before. Not taking into account that if you go all the way back to the beginning, the original Star Wars novel was in people's hands six months before the movie ever came out, before anybody knew what Star Wars was. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's Abrams is just... He, well, not to cross franchises, but it's like Mr. Scott said, the more you overtake the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Or, listen to Leia, the more you tighten your grips, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Yeah. And Abrams is learning that firsthand. Yeah, but I, I don't know what the alternative is. I mean, in this day and age, it's like you said, I mean, it, it's, it was easier in the old days trying to keep such a grasp on it and actually having Lucasfilm come forward and say, hey, look what we got. Look what we're doing. I mean, it wasn't until recently we even had character names. You know, if, if they'd been a little more forthcoming instead of trying to keep everything in the box, so to speak, would this stuff yeah. still be out there? Maybe, maybe not. I think there'd be a lot less of it. Because the idea is to generate buzz. Nothing generates buzz on the internet like Star Wars. It's the number one thing on Google. Well, but then again, his, uh, his cap on everything allows that the information released is much less information, where it is really much more valuable. So who knows, maybe it is a good thing. We more live buzz. in the age of the internet. There's no such thing as more valuable. Once yeah. it's released, it's released. Yeah, but I mean, the more buzz, the more... Rumors there are around it, the harder it is to get, the, the more quote unquote valuable it is. Right, but, well, let, let me give you a perfect example of this. Do you remember when uh, Star Trek Into Darkness was, was revving up? Yeah. Okay, and they, everybody in JJ's camp kept teasing us with Benedict Cumberbatch's character. And they kept saying, oh, this is John Harrison. And they said, well, the, look, this guy was a crewman that was on board the Enterprise during Space Seed, which is the episode that featured Khan, and everybody went, oh, he's Khan! And everybody in the camp said, oh, no, it's not Khan, it's not Khan, it's not Khan. Guess what? It's Khan. <laughs> See, the information is only valuable so long as you actually have it. Abrams is an idiot when it comes to this kind of thing. He's already proven that. The Lucasfilm well. marketing machine is expert at handling this. They should be handling it. But Abrams is keeping a tighter grip on this. And it's costing them. That's just my opinion. But that's how I see well, it. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can see it both ways. I don't know. I, 
it's it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not sure there's a right answer. I mean, I think either way, there's going to be a whole bunch of hype. So probably it, it is Star Wars. Hype's the nature yeah. of the game. But the question is, can something live up to the hype? So that's largely what uh, what people were disappointed about with the prequels. You know, they they spent 16 years building up something in their minds that nobody could possibly deliver. Yeah. Well. I, I I didn't have a problem with the people, so you know the heck with those crazy people. But you know what what are they what were they wanting? It's just it's it's I say it lightly. It's much more meaning than, than comes out in the words. But it's just a movie. They're gonna have to <laughs> you know when you have to uh, precursor something like that, so you don't get hate mail. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's this isn't the. Uh, it isn't a virtual reality life that you're going to live for, for two and a half or three hours. It's a, um, it's a movie. And well, there are people out there that make this their life. It's a good life. I mean, that, that's what fandom's all about. And these days, yep. there's virtually no separation. So it's it's one of those they they have to uh, they have to do what they think they need to do to make money, but. That's the Hollywood machine talking. The people that understand what George was doing understand it's all about the mythology. Yeah. And I don't know that they can Although, capture it on that level. When, when it was, and, and i got to forgive me because I really don't know, when, when it was released that, that, I mean, I can remember walking out of the theater and, and you find your father seeing it happen and Everyone was just blown away. Is that just a sign of the way things have changed in times, or was there some kind of secrecy kept around that that made it where... There was a lot of secrecy. But see, there's also, you have to understand that not everyone was blown away by that. Mark Hamill asked George right up front, you know this Darth Vader character, he sounds like Dark Father. And for all we know, that may be where George got the idea, because according to the original versions, Vader had no relation. The uh, novel for Empire Strikes Back was was out there before the movie came out. And then, most infamously, there was a, a news interview. Uh, some British reporter, I can't remember his name, interviewed David Prowse, the guy inside the Darth Vader armor. And Prowse, was, of course, was under this non-disclosure and wouldn't give the reporter anything. And the reporter kept asking all these questions, and you know, Prowse clammed up. And the next day, the, the, paper, the paper came out with the article. And since Prowse didn't say anything, this, this reporter basically put words in Prowse's mouth. And it just so happens he guessed right. So Prowse was under complete house restrictions. He was persona non grata at that point. There, he tells stories all the time about during, during filming of Return of the Jedi how he was constantly under security, how he wasn't allowed to be, uh, to be on set more often than not. To this day, he's not a part of any official Lucasfilm functions. He's on the ban list because some reporter guessed right. Wow. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I say with, with everything that's out there now, Abrams is trying to keep this unrealistic expectation. 
Yeah, and I guess there was a sense of protect those few things that are really important and just kind of let the rest of it play where it lays. Where it lays and that's kind of changed too. So. Right. I mean, honestly, I, I hate this, to put it this way, but if Abrams truly wanted to, uh, to get people to see things his way, he would just go ahead and confirm everything outright, spoil everything. And then after the fact say, well, you know, if you hadn't picked at your gifts. Yeah, that's hard to do when it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Disney wouldn't let him do that because it's, you know, it's all their money writing on that. Million dollars. Yeah, that's, yeah, it would be funny. (laughs) <laughs> he said, yep, yep, you're absolutely right. This is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is right, this is kind of right, this is wrong, this is wrong. Oh, wow, that would just change everything. Yeah. Well, then what would even be more funny about it is he did that. And everyone thought, okay, it's all done. Not all the spoilers and everything. It came out all of it wrong. It was all just a bit lost. <laughs> See, if that were the case, it would almost have to be that J.J. put the plant out there himself, and I don't think he's that smart. When you listen to him, the man's got a good head on his shoulders. When you see what he's what unfolds from that, half of what he said, you're like, that doesn't translate. But something like that, I don't think that's even in his wheelhouse to think like that. I'll tell you who would think like that, and I'm probably giving him too much credit, but I, the Dave Filoni. I, listening to him over the years doing interviews for Clone Wars, that is one shifty man. He is a mastermind like no other. He's actually the guy they should be talking to for, for keeping the lid on Star Wars secrets. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was if I was working on a movie in this day and age, and you had to have that many people on set. I mean, <clears throat> you know this 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 is very reminiscent, and I know we joked about it, you know, loose lips sink ships, but it's very reminiscent of it, you know, and that's what made me, what made me, made me say it, is that it's kind of like, you have all these people exposed to it, the chances of being able to contain it, and somebody not just casually talking, and it ended up in some newspaper or some website somewhere, is just, it's just impossible. Yeah. Oh, there, there's entire entire websites now that are dedicated specifically to spoiling these these movies. Like one of the best ones I've seen out there is uh, makingstarwars.net. Uh, they they jump on rumors just lickety split, and they're claiming that a lot of it's verified. So it, it's going to be one of those the proofs in the pudding once the movie comes out. But so far. To my to my estimation, they've been the most credible as far as the rumors go, because everything's been consistent and they've shown us the concept art that kind of lines up with what we've been hearing. So, hard to say. On the flip side of that is Latino Review, who for some reason they people claim is credible, and oh, it's hit and miss. It's so hit and miss. I think they just make stuff up for buzzwords. <laughs> but it works for them because people still actually visit their sites and people keep cross-posting well, I, I think the internet basically has the memory of a goldfish it does it does, it really does 
really. Oh, I mean, it has the memory. It has the memory of an elephant and a goldfish at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you know, if, if it's something you don't like, then it's going to be there forever and you never lose sweat of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Playing up to that, you, you've heard about the um, like Gareth Edwards, the guy that's directing the standalone film. He he's having to go back and delete tweets and delete comments that he made from like ten years ago when he was when he was prequel bashing because people are now dredging that up, and he's not the only one in that fire. I mean, it, it's truly hilarious watching people backpedal like this. Well, overall, I mean, uh, overall, are we in good for a good movie? I certainly hope so. Like I say, I want to believe. But my my expectation as a whole has lowered just because Abrams has not done me right yet. Ever. But at the same time, he is such a loyal fanboy that if nothing else, it's going to look and sound like Star Wars. So... I'm relying more on the other players involved, and that gives me more hope. Yeah. The, re- the rest of it is just going to be the generational <laughs> equation. It's going to be what I have to get used to. You know, maybe this one doesn't do it for me. Maybe it'll change my opinion when I see the third one. Man, well, I'm looking forward to it one way or another. I mean, I can't... Um... I'm a little bit easier on things like that. The, the like I, I love the original trilogy. I have no problem with it whatsoever. It was a different story. I like the other story, but I like this story too. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I can pick it apart. You know, I I can point at things that I do not like about any of the movies, but at the same time, it's still Star Wars. That's my first home. Yeah. So whatever they give me, I'm going to find excuses to like it one way or another. Well, I guess. <laughs> um, Alright, so I guess we have anything else? Do we have anything else? I mean, I know we have terms else, but do we have anything else that's worth mentioning? Well, it's just a question of just how much you want to know. I mean, what, like I say, we've got little tidbits of everything. You know, okay. Like we, like um, Andy Serkis' character. You know, the rumor is that he's playing an ancient Sith. Does that mean that he's playing one of the original Sith species? Or is he just playing a really, really old Sith? We don't know. But he's presumably the big bad. Huh. And in the middle of this, we've got, you know, Imperial characters trying to defect the Rebellion. We've got Rebellion characters that may or may not be working for the Empire. Yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of gray area in this. And I've been kind of expecting that for a couple of decades now because that's kind of the theme that George always wanted. 
you know, the original trilogy was all about the good versus evil. The prequels were all about how good becomes evil. And then the, these new ones were supposed to be a little more gray area. So, that, at least they've kept that tone. And that seems to be what more people want these days anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I just want a good, I always want another good story. I just want another good Star Wars trilogy. I want the Star Wars fever to take off like it has in the past and, and to be able to, uh, to be able to enjoy it, you know, like we did in the past. I don't think there's going to be a problem on that, really. When I say visually, it's all in place. It looks good. Sound design, we've got Ben Burt, we've got Matthew Wood, we've got John Williams. Can't ask for better. It's, you know, you've got the original characters passing off their legacies to the to the next generation. You know, I, I think it's going to feel weird at first, but over time as we live with these movies, I think we're just going to embrace them. Yeah, they'll just become part of the story instead of being just 30 years later they told this part of the story type thing. Right. But, you know, that happened with the last trilogy, too. I mean, it was all the haters out for that one, and, and they didn't like it, and a lot of them still out there. And, you know, they just... Right, but most people... That, I hate to say this. The original generation hasn't taken into account that there are people that grew up in, with the expanded universe. There are people that grew up with the prequels, and now there's a generation that grew up with the Clone Wars. The original trilogy haters, the vocal minority, as I call them, they're in the minority. I mean, they they have to realize that. Most of them just repeat the same memes that they read off websites years ago without any true understanding of the story. Yeah, but understanding of the story never prevented... Never prevented those few vocals from speaking before. Right. I mean, in the end, I mean, you're gonna, you're not gonna like what you're not gonna like. Right. But if you're hating on it simply because somebody said something that you agreed with and you never changed the record, or if you're just looking at it as, well, that's not the way it was done in my day. Yeah, you're gonna hate on it. There's a lot of that. Or a lot of that minority group that's like that, but can't you can't stop the haters? They're going to be there no matter what we do. So right, no, no sense confusing them with facts. Right. <laughs> yep. Don't confuse them with facts. That's exactly the, that is exactly the right the right way to look at it. Because yeah. No, I, I I I have faith that it's going to be good. I I you know I figure there's not a whole lot I can do to change it one way or another. The haters are going to be haters. The lovers are going to be lovers. And there's going to be some of us that. There's going to be some people who just accept it because it's Star Wars. You know, there's going to be those people who go out and put their movie reviews three weeks before the movie shows up and tell us how awesome it is. Right. Because it's quote-unquote Star Wars. Um, those guys aren't much better than the ones that are bad-mouthing it just for the sake of bad-mouthing it. But. See, the, the one thing that I'm curious about... See, when, when George did the original trilogy, that was pretty much the story. And then when he got the opportunity to do the prequels... That was pretty much the story. You know, at, at every point, it ended there. This is the first time where we're looking at the possibility of infinite Star Wars, and the people involved know that. 
Yeah. Well, will that make better Star Wars or worse Star Wars? And that's that's always been my problem. Is when you look at something like this, in in the past, when you're watching some, it seems like when you're watching some TV show, and they feel like they've got you know forever to tell the story, everything just kind of blah 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 blah. But all of a sudden they're canceled. They got six episodes to wrap things up, and you get six wonderful episodes. Right. Whereas if they had written the whole story like they only had six episodes, it would have been this wonderful series that would have been enormously successful. And so I'm hoping that's not going to be the case here, where we don't just get this new Star well, Wars. Well, I mean, the, the one thing about it is, I mean, even the most optimistic person out there understands that there's no such thing as a story that's too big to fail. Sooner or later, there's going to be that one bomb. Like, Marvel is, is experiencing that right now. They're, they were worried Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be that bomb because it was completely different than everything they pulled before. Obviously, it wasn't, but you never know what the next one's going to be like. Yeah. So, with Star Wars, it's one of those... Sooner or later, there's going to be that one that just tanks. But at the same time, the universe now is bigger than the sum of its parts. And I think that's one of the reasons Disney was so eager to get its get its hands on it, because it literally is bigger than the sum of its parts. It's, you know, it takes failure after failure after failure to drive something into the ground. Star Wars isn't going to be that because even if for some reason they tank one movie, they can just get rid of that creative team and bring in somebody else. At the same time, novels, the comics, the the animated series. Star Wars is in good hands. There's too many like-minded people out there that do understand what Star Wars is on some level to allow it to be a complete and utter failure. Well, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. I, I just I hope that's the case because it could it uh, another you know twenty years of mediocrity out of Star Wars would just be it would be just devastating at this point compared to the opportunity that we have. Well, look, look we at it have... another way. Like, compare it with Star Trek. Arguably, the Next Generation movies weren't that great by comparison of what the TV show put out there. But, you still had all, this, all the TV shows that they were doing at the same time. When ultimately it came time to give the franchise a rest and they rebooted it, you know, like Star Trek Into Darkness is now pretty much universally hailed as the worst of the Star Trek movies. And there's still people that defend it. And that franchise is still going strong. Right. So, if they can recover that, Star Wars has got no problems. Well, I mean, every, any, any property that's that large has the ability to recover from a bad movie. I mean, exactly. See, CBS with dealing with Star Trek, they don't have the resources that Disney and Lucas don't have. They don't have a Dave Filoni. They don't have a Kathleen Kennedy. You know, they don't have a Lawrence Kasdan or a, you know, there are a lot of people involved that know what Star Wars is. And there are a lot of people involved that know how to keep a franchise. <laughs> All right, so tell me, as you know it, as it stands right now, what, what the story, what you think the story is going to be. What is Star Wars 7 going to be? The understanding that I've been able to piece together 
is that we have Poe Dameron is is a Rebel Alliance pilot or New Republic or whatever they're going to call it at this point. And he gets captured and he's able to escape with the help of a stormtrooper named Finn who wants to defect. They end up crash landing well, and, and they're being pursued the whole time obviously but they end up crash landing. They run into Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, who then takes them off and we're going to get the revelation on her backstory. And from there, those three become the next big three, if you will. And whatever the, they're involved in is big enough that Han Solo grabs them and says, okay, we got to go find Luke. That's the nutshell. Okay. How deep well, that's got some that? potential. Yeah, the, the story setup sounds really good. And obviously there's going to be a handover at some point of the Millennium Falcon and the, the lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's all going to come into play. In this world of this, so. Right. It, it's all going to come down to presentation. Because yeah. the, the actors that they got, you know, they've got the classic guys that obviously know what they're doing. The new, the new guys that they brought in, they've brought in some really sharp talent. So as far as getting the potential across, it's not going to be their fault. That's for sure. You know, it's, it's ultimately going to come down to writing and directing. I think the writing is in decent hands there again. I don't trust Abrams, but you know, I trust everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, we started this whole thing with me saying I didn't trust him either. I'm not on the I don't trust him. But well, uh, I mean, the, the thing I have to keep reminding myself is that Abrams has always said he's not a Star Trek fan, which is why Star Trek was turned into something that it never should have been in the first place. But he is a Star Wars fan. So he's going to do whatever it takes to make the movie that he thinks needs to be there. I mean, it doesn't really, I'm, I'm not so much worried about, like you said, a lot of the writers will take care of it, that, that aspect of it, so I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. I'm well, more worried about me this is, aspect of his leaving out little details and missing little connecting strings that don't make sense. Well, I think that's where the story group comes in, and that's where the likes of Kenberg and Kasdan come in. Because Kenberg especially, he is one of those guys that, he's able to connect those dots. And then Kasdan, obviously, he, he knows characters. So I, I think that it's one of those cases where the deficiencies are, are accounted for. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. And here's here's to a, a great movie, because um, um, I, I, I hope that's what comes out of it all. I just want I just want another good, I just want some more good Star Wars. Um, In the meantime, watch Rebels. Seriously, watch Rebels. <laughs> 